the debacle that is our southern border. We're going to talk about that. Why my numbers are wrong, are right, and the governments are wrong. We're going to talk about that. And the state of gay on this Gay Pride weekend in Las Vegas. And the waiting game nobody wants to play. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. Happy Friday to you all. We've got a lot to talk about today from the debacle of the southern border to the state of gay as an Oakland gay bar is attacked. Uh, also, why my numbers are correct and the federal governments are wrong. Uh, a viral post that I posted now seen by more than 10,000 people, most of them arguing with my numbers. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But first, let's start with what's the top of my mind, uh, because I'd be lying to you otherwise uh, about you know what's going on, and I don't want to do that. And besides, I'm gonna, I think you all can relate to this. I am playing an impossible waiting game right now, okay? An impossible waiting game. And many of you have been asked to play it as well. Some of you, you deal with it fine. I think a majority of us don't. Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about. And this can apply to your pet or apply to you as a person because I've had to do it as a person as well. Uh, for instance, if you go to a doctor and they bring up that you may have some form of cancer, you want that diagnosed and ready to, like right away. You're like, let's do the test. Let's find out. Let's, you know, let's get it done. In reality, when you call the oncologist, uh, chances are you're going to be told you have to wait a week, two weeks, three weeks for your first appointment. Or they take tests, you know, to see if you've got a cancer or some other disease or whatever. And then, then you have to wait for a week or two weeks to get the results of the test. And so you're thinking, oh, I've got, you know, something horrible or there could be something horrible wrong. And they move at a snail's pace. And I've heard this from women with breast cancer. I've heard this from all kinds of people going through the medical industry that, or the medical system that a doctor will just come in and just drop a bomb on them. And then, oh yeah, we're going to test or do that. And, and all of that can take weeks. And you're going through this process and over those weeks, you're wondering, like, am I okay? Am I going to be okay? You know, is it this? Is it that? You would think that if a doctor found something that could either be life-threatening or life-altering, that there would be some sort of rush to get you the information. But, as we know, there is not. And what do you do during that waiting game? What do you do? You're told by friends and family, oh, it's all going to be fine. I'm sure it's going to work out. I'm sure it's not as bad as you think. And you want to believe that. You do. If you're waiting for a cancer result or some other test, you, you know, you, you want to believe it's going to be okay, but your mind, it goes places. It just does. The monster moves in. And let me tell you why I'm telling you this. Not that you really care, but it's Friday. So on Tuesday, uh, no, on Wednesday, uh, Ember had some labs drawn because her throat is still gravelly. And the vet's like, okay, well, let's, let's check for an infection. Let's see if she needs to start on an antibiotic or whatever. So let's do a CBC, a complete blood count, $243. Uh, and so she did that on Wednesday. Yesterday, Thursday, Dr. B called me and said, well, the good news is 
her red blood cells, white blood cells, neutrophils, asanophils, all of that, they're all perfectly normal. And I said, but? And he said, but her calcium level is one point out of range. High is 11.5. She's at 12.5. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, yes. And her cholesterol and triglycerides are high. And he says, now, before we get into this, I'll tell you that having high cholesterol or triglycerides can actually cause the calcium level to be wrong. And so, whereas it's only one point over, there is a chance that this is lab error, that if the, the test isn't specific enough, and because there's fat in the blood, it can cause a problem it can, when it comes to the test. So it may be nothing, maybe a lab error, whatever. However, uh, you know, given that the liver enzymes are also elevated and blah, 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 it could be parathyroid, blah, 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 blah. It could be Cushing's. It could be cancer, uh, anal sac carcinoma. It could be lymphoma. And, and I'm just sitting here listening to this. Could be nothing. Could be lab error. You know, could be a, a mass, a benign mass on her thyroid in her throat, which kind of would explain the larynx. Uh, and if it is that, there's a $8,000 surgery to remove it. It's a rough, intricate surgery. And if she survives that surgery, it's a 97% cure rate. So if it is this tumor on her thyroid, then it would be not cancer. It's a benign tumor. And they take it out and she's cured. Of course, throat surgery on a dog is rough. Uh, so, you know, hey, but she could be cured. Or it could be something not curable, uh, or it could be nothing. So then he says, you know what? Let's just wait a week and retest it with a, a more specific calcium test, isolate just the calcium, and do a test to see if it's this tumor, because the tumor would emit some sort of uh, hormone that they can detect. So he's like, we'll do a calcium test and a tumor test. It will tell us if she's got uh, other cancerous tumors in her as well, uh, not just this one. Uh, and let's do that next week. He goes, but, you know, if the, if the uh, calcium comes back normal, then we won't do any further testing. It was just the lab and don't worry about it. However, if it comes back that it's the tumor on the thyroid, then you got to see a surgeon. If it comes back that it's cancer, then we have to find out where and what kind, uh, you know, so could be nothing. Could be benign tumor on the thyroid that would require surgery. Could be cancer. Could be Cushing's, which is treatable. Could be so many things. So we'll just see you next week. <laughs> so I have seven days to wait, uh, six days, to wait until we get the test, which then takes two days. So I won't know until next Friday if it's all just a fluke and it just was high because of the high cholesterol and it's all just a fluke or if it's something other than. And if it is something other than, if it's something that's treatable or something that's terrible. She is acting okay, but a lot of these things say often the dog will not have any symptoms. Uh, so, I, so I don't know what's going on with her. She seems healthy except for her horse throat, which still hasn't been addressed. Uh, 
And now the labs say that her calcium is high, and that could be from a tumor on her thyroid, or it could be a lab error, or it could be cancer. And of course, I've already, you know, in my brain done like a million scenarios. And I don't know how I'm going to live through the next seven days. And it's not just for Ember. You know, people you love in your world or yourself, you've been in this if you're over the age of like 40. You know, waiting for the results of this, waiting for the results of the colonoscopy, waiting for the results of this, waiting for the... Why can't they just tell us? Like, why did he make that phone call and, and not say, come back in immediately today and let's redraw the blood today so you can find out Friday or Saturday? You know, no, no, let's just wait a week. Oh, my God, that waiting game. It's the worst waiting game ever. It's the worst because your brain is going to run amok in that waiting game. It just is. And I know you're going to tell your brain not to, and it's all going to be okay. We're going to get it worked out. It's going to be what it's going to be. Whatever happens, it's going to happen. But your brain is like, I'm not ready to depart. I, you know, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Ember, certainly. And I really don't want her to have to go through a throat surgery that's dangerous. And so, you know, I want this to be nothing. I want it to be a lab error. And I won't know that it is or is not until next week. So I could spend the entire week worrying that it's cancer or a tumor that has to be removed or something and have it be nothing. And all that worry was for nothing. Or I could worry and have it be something. And I know I said you got to let the monsters go, but how do you let that monster go? How do you say, if it's you or someone you love or your pet, how do you let it go while you're waiting? What do you do? Just be grateful for today. Do you know how ridiculous all that shit sounds when people say it to you? Just, just, just be grateful for today. Just live for the day. Make your device a whole lot smarter. Get the Corelcast app free at the App Store of your choice now. You know, I, I, I just don't believe people know how ridiculous that crap sounds. You've got to just live for the moment. You're both healthy in this moment. She's up. She's happy. She's eating, pooping, peeing. She's walking. She's playing. Just be grateful for today. I know that I've said that too. And it just, it's ridiculous sounding when you're waiting for some kind of news or when you're waiting on a test or when you're it's like, how am I supposed to turn that off? All right. We're not going to spend the whole show talking about it, but I know you can relate. I know you've had some test or something where they've said, okay, we'll have that result in a week. A week? <laughs> you want me to sit around here and wait for a week to see if I've got breast cancer or to see if I've got a brain tumor or to see if I've got a, you know, you go get an MRI and they're like, oh, we don't read them. That's up to the doctor. So you leave there and you're thinking, well, <laughs> well, I'm going through the same thing with Ember and it's, it's crappy. It, it, no matter what it is, we'll get through it some way, somehow, but boy, has it is the next week going to be rough on me and all i could think about is i got a monday show and a wednesday show that i'm just going to have to do uh and just get just like you you got to get up you got to go to work you got to be there you know you, you're going through all this stuff per that's why you should be nice to people you never know what's going on in their day you don't know if they're waiting for lab results that could change everything you don't know if they've been given some kind of news that could mess everything up you don't know 
That's why you need to be nice to everyone. They could be really going through it. For the next week, I'm going through it. You know, I love her. She's only seven, eight years old, basically. Not ready for her to check out. And I'm not ready for cancers of all kinds and, or even a throat tumor that she has to have surgery on her throat. I'll be a mess that day. I'm just, I'm not ready for that. So treat me with some kindness, okay? To that regard, I got a lot of comments about my numbers about the middle class. That video's gone viral. And everyone said, the government's numbers are this, and the, that means the middle class is between uh, 59,000, no, I'm sorry, 61,000 and 110,000. That's the middle class. According to the government numbers and on median income and what the lower class makes and what the upper class, so the middle class is between let's just say 60 grand and 110 grand. And I was saying that to be in the middle class, you need two to $400,000, given that the 1% starts at about 400,000 in some states, 600 and others, 800 and others. And first of all, people said, well, that you, you know, you don't need that much to, to live in Ohio or to, yeah, you got to live in freaking Ohio. Uh, but anyway, they're like, your numbers are wrong. No, the government's numbers are wrong. And let me tell you why. The government has the poverty level in America at $22,000 for a single person, which means if you make $30,000, you are above the poverty line. And that's some bullshit right there. $30,000, you're nearly homeless. Okay, even if rent's only $1,000 a month, that's still $12,000. That leaves you $18,000 which is not that much. That's, a, that's like 1200 bucks a month for all of your bills and all of your life. So we now have credible proof from financial think tanks that to be comfortable in America is $75,000 a year. To be comfortable. And comfortable, what they included in that number to me just means getting by. Comfortable in that $75,000 means able to pay your cell phone bill, able to have car insurance, able to go to a movie every now or again, or go out to dinner every now and again, not live an extravagant lifestyle, but to be comfortable. $75,000. That's to where, and that even gives you a little tiny bit to put away for savings. Not much, but a little. But let's look at the one-third diagram. One-third of your income is supposed to go to housing. So let's go with the government's figures. 22,000 being poverty, one third of that is $7,000 a year or about $500 a month for housing. That ain't happening. Maybe if you live in the most rural shanty town there is. Let's look at what they say is starting of the middle class, $60,000. One-third of that is $20,000. So that should be how much you pay for rent. That's, that's like $1,700 a month. That is the median rent in America. Okay? So right there you're saying just to meet the one-third, you got to make 60. So that seems to me that 60 would start the non-poverty level, not 30. Are you following me on this? 
And why do they keep the poverty numbers so low? 22000 for single, 40000 for a family of four. They say a family of four that makes more than $42,000 a year is not in poverty. Can you imagine a family of four on $50,000 a year? That's poverty. The reason those numbers stay the same is because no president or no senator wants to be in office when the poverty level of America rises 200%, 300%. How does that look during a campaign? Well, you were president and poverty rose 300%. Well, no, it didn't. We just adjusted the numbers to reflect what it really means to be poor in America. No one's going to get that nuance. So no president and no Congress pushes to change those numbers. Those numbers have been the same for decades. I'm sorry, to be poor in America, it's 50 grand a year or less, and you're poor. That's not even $4,000 a month. You know, four grand a month, if, you're, if that's your take home, if, if that's your salary, you're taking home like 32. That means your rent shouldn't be more than $1,000. That's not happening. And so my numbers are right because my numbers reflect what it actually takes to live in America. And if you truly want to be in the middle class where you have money for savings, where you have money to travel, where you have money for niceties, niceties, middle class, niceties, dinner parties, you know, that sort of stuff. If you really want to be in that middle class, it's 150K or more a year, period. End of story. So this whole 60 to 110 is the middle class. Yeah, according to the government's numbers, which they don't want to change because they don't want poverty to skyrocket on their watch. The poverty level in America is really quadruple what they say it is because of the numbers. But no one wants to change it because no one wants to be in office when poverty soars 400%. That's why my numbers about the middle class are right. And all you haters commenting down below that, oh, your math is all wrong and blah, blah, uh-uh. And for those of you that say, well, you can live in Tufton, Georgia quite nicely on $40,000 a year. You enjoy that. You enjoy that. 94% of Americans live in or near a big city. So, and and 17,000 people ain't a big city. So you enjoy your Tufton, Georgia, or your so-and-so Oklahoma. Where you want to live, where most people want to live statistically, It takes a hell of a lot more money and the government will not adjust those figures for reality because they don't want to be in office when poverty skyrockets 400%. All right. uh, And so that's why my numbers are right and why the government's numbers are wrong because the government's numbers do not really reflect what really is. And they don't reflect what really is because no one wants to be in office when you actually make the numbers reflect what it really is and poverty goes up 200, 300, 400%. All right, I was going to talk about the debacle of the southern border. Uh, that's in the news as Biden has said he's going to continue with Trump's border wall and, and, and they're going to waive 29 federal laws to actually get it built and all of that. You know, about 2.2 million people get to the border every year. And of those, about 1.5 million make it through. And I have to tell you that over 7 million people overstay their visas every year and over 20 million people are here on expired visas. So if you look at those numbers, the actual enforcement that we need to be doing isn't at the southern border where only a million or two people, 
show up or come through or whatever. It's for people with expired visas or who have overstayed their welcome. There's 10 times the number of those people in this country than there are people that walk through the border. But of course, they don't want to address that for the same reason they don't want to address the poverty number. Because that would mean we have to think of illegal immigrants differently. And we don't want it. We like to be racist and think of them as dirty Mexicans running through the border to take our health care and take our if food. If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. So statistically, more people enter this country legally, more immigrants enter legally, and then become illegal immigrants by overstaying their visas, than march across the border. And yet, instead of hiring more immigration agents to go and deal with those people, we're building a border wall. Why? Racism. That's why. Racism. Wall up your country? That's not. A, they can climb the wall. But B, that's not. The, the, the southern border is not the problem. Statistically, if even 2 million people cross it every year and you've got 10 million overstaying visas, five times the number are overstaying their visas than are walking through the border. Where's the bigger problem? The biggest illegal immigration in this country, the biggest problem is people overstaying their visas. It's not people coming through the border illegally. But they don't ever want to talk to you about that. They don't, they don't the, the politicians, because that doesn't sound good. It doesn't stir up racism. It doesn't cause division. If they were honest with you and said, you know what, the southern border is not our problem. People coming here on visas and then not leaving, that's our problem. I once heard there are more illegal immigrants in America from Ireland than from Mexico. How about that? I'd have to look that up and see if it's still true. But they come over on a visa or they come over to visit with their passport and then they just stay. And there's no way to track someone. If someone comes with a valid passport from a European nation or from any country and they don't leave, we don't really have a way to track that. So all you've got to do to be a good illegal immigrant is come in on a plane with a passport. Oh, but that's not the same as being some poor Haitian or some poor, you know, Venezuelan or Brazilian or Mexican coming across the southern border to take our health care. And to see that we the notion that we have in our head of illegal immigration is all wrong. The southern border is not the problem. America's huge. We don't use 80% of the land that we have in America. We can hold millions more people. They're not the problem. The problem is people coming here legally with a passport or a visa and then overstaying and not leaving. That's the problem. Doesn't sound sexy, does it? Doesn't cause division and doesn't get people out to vote. So what's the problem? The southern border. And yes, border towns everywhere, all over the world, border towns are being overrun. In Greece, there's a small island that's being overrun. 
And yes, border towns in Mexico, New Mexico, California, yes, they're being overrun. It's not a wall we need. It's a better immigration system, better technology. Get these people registered, get them in the system, get them in temporary housing, get them in the country legally. But we don't have the manpower or the technology in our immigration system to do that. So instead, we vilify them. We, we say they're evil people. Why? They're leaving horrible conditions. They're leaving everything they have behind to come to America. Well, then they should do it legally. You have no idea what that means to do it legally. Seven years with no, not being able to work? Oh, yeah, we'll give you a green card to come in legally, but you can't work until you get your final thing, and that might take three years. Five. What are they supposed to do? If they get sick, they're not supposed to go for health care because the government hasn't allowed them to work? Our immigration system has been broken since the Declaration of Independence. It's in there. They were upset with King George about immigration. It's been broken since 1776, and we haven't fixed it. Stop using it as a wedge issue and start solving the actual problem. Better technology, a better program for people to come to this country legally, better ways to track people once they're here, and start throwing these mofos out that overstay their welcome or legalize them either way. But stop acting like, you know, Pedro running through the southern border is the cause of all America's problems. It's not. You know, that's just, that's not. All right, it's Gay Pride Weekend here in Las Vegas, and uh, I'll be going to the parade, I think, uh, take my mind off of worrying about Ember. Um, and I wanted to, you know, Gay Bar was attacked in o- uh, or- Oakland, Port Bar, uh, which was a very popular gay bar in Oakland, and it was vandalized, windows smashed, and the owners are out money, and it was the only place that was vandalized, so it was a targeted attack. These attacks are up because of people like Ron DeSantis, because of the attack on drag queens, the attack on the trans community, the attack on the gay community that they, these people keep doing. And so I was thinking of the state of gay in America as this gay pride weekend is here upon me in Las Vegas. And all I could think about is how messed up it is. The Supreme Court could very easily take away gay marriage in the next session. They're going to hear a case. There's violence against trans people at an all-time high. States are removing gender-affirming care for trans people. And regular LGBTQ people, meaning gay men, gay women, bi men, bi women, people that aren't trans, they're being discriminated against. Someone was told they don't have to, you know, bake a cake for this. You don't have to do a website for these, you know. Gay rights have slid way back in this country, so much so there's advisories against gay people traveling to some states. Florida is a dangerous place to be gay. So the state of gay as Gay Pride Weekend rolls around here in Las Vegas is not good. It's not good in our country to be gay right now or to be a minority or a woman. And never really has been, but it's worse now. And what are we doing about that? That's the question. What are you as an ally doing about the state of gay in America? The answer is nothing. Nothing is being done legislatively. Nothing is being done as a mass movement in terms of, you know, the whole society getting behind it. And sure, the polls show that most people approve of same-sex marriage, that most people think you shouldn't be fired for being gay. 
But that doesn't equate to a decrease in violence against gays, against trans, against their businesses. We're right back to the 70s and 80s again with gay bars being attacked, people being shot and killed at them. We're right back to where we were in the 70s and 80s. It's as if the 90s and 2000s never happened for gay people. And why? Because of this chaotic, destructive party known as the GOP, which hides behind religion as well. Religion and the GOP, two of the most destructive forces in America right now, and they are trying to destroy the gay community again. And it's working. It's working. A lot of gays I know don't even want to go out to the public events. They're afraid they're going to be targets. And guess what? They are. Gay business owners are now targets again. Look at Oakland. You know, that's Oakland. We're not talking Tufton, Georgia. We're talking Oakland. A gay bar, vandalized. A woman shot in Arrowhead. So the state of gay in the USA? Hmm, no way. I am Carell. Be who you want to be. It's on to hurt anybody. We'll see you hey, on Monday. Carell. Ember and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, reallycorel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so that doesn't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.